Welcome back to another episode of Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living. I'm so glad you're here today. Joining me on this conversation I'm having with my special guest, you might recognize her by name. If you follow interior designers online, on Instagram, on Pinterest, if you are a blog reader, you might recognize when I say the name Liz Marie Galvan. She is the author of LizMarieBlog.com, and she is the best-selling author of two books, Cozy White Cottage, 100 Ways to Love the Feeling of Being Home, and Cozy White Cottage Seasons, 100 Ways to Be Cozy All Year. She is also the co-owner of her home decor boutique, The Found Cottage, and we're having a conversation today all about being cozy. Being cozy in the summertime, being cozy outdoors, basically what that means and how we can do it in our own homes. I hope you walk away inspired by this conversation, inspired to really explore your home through your senses, to explore what cozy means to you and your family, because it's all sitting there waiting to happen. All right, enjoy today's show and this conversation. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget, and I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank, and I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. Hi, Liz Marie. Thanks for joining me today on the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So I know who you are, but my listeners might not. So can you start by telling me and us who you are, a little bit about yourself, what you do, and how you came to be known as the Cozy Queen or the Queen of Cozy? Love that. Um, yeah, so I am Liz Marie and I'm from lizmarieblog.com and author of Cozy White Cottage Seasons um, and Cozy White Cottage, our first book. Cozy White Cottage Seasons is our second book. Um, and I live on a little farm, little 10 acre farm here in West Michigan. And we are currently redoing our 1800s farmhouse, which has been really exciting. And we share that online every day on the blog and on Instagram and all of the things. So we have some sheep on our farm, some alpacas, chickens, and lots of bees. Um, so we are loving growing our farm and growing our garden and learning all of the things. Um, we and by we, I mean, me and my husband, he's a Marine Corps veteran. And so we moved back to Michigan after living in North Carolina for 10 years after he was done serving. And it's been a really fun adjustment. And another adjustment was we adopted our son Copeland Bow three years ago. So it's kind of uh, a crazy farm right now. And we're in this really fun, exciting season where we are never bored and always tired. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I do, Inter interchanged in all of that. Um, I think 
the, the way I became known um, for my cozy spaces is sharing it on the internet since 2009. And I didn't know this at the time, but um, going through military deployments, military life, um, we uh, endured uh, 10 years of infertility and 11 miscarriages and just a lot of hardships, losing parents, um, things like that. In those times, I basically was making our home cozy and not knowing it at the time, but creating a safe haven through yeah. all of those hard times and sharing it on the internet and started getting a lot of comments from people um, telling me, wow, your home is so cozy. Can you share how to do that? And so that's kind of how that all came to be. Um, and I've really enjoyed sharing that because I know, um, you know, with a lot of other people that having a cozy safe haven um, can be very healing, especially yeah. in hard times. So yeah, absolutely. I was yeah. just having an interview with someone last week and we were talking about that, how, why home matters in whatever space you create cozy or vibrant or whatever. And it's just hardship or not, it is, um, the world outside of, outside of our doors can be scary. It can be lonely. It can be frustrating. It can be all those things. And then you add loss on top of it and creating a space that's nurturing is so, so important. So you are so inspiring. And I love looking at all the images that are inspiring for me and what I'm sure to be all the listeners. Um, but what would you say, you know, using the word cozy and having that title of cozy queen or queen of cozy, what does cozy mean? Would you say? That is a great question. And I love this. Um, I love getting comments that say, I don't think this room is cozy when I say it is, because I think it's a great teaching moment. And through all of this and through getting all the questions, I have learned that cozy to me is my five senses being at peace at once. And if you think of everyone in your life and the different things that they like listening to or smelling or tasting, and um, you just think of how different all these people are, you realize cozy is something different to everybody. Wow. And that's the beauty of it. So when I teach things, I also want everyone to know it's all interchangeable and you have to apply your own five senses to the tips. Yes, absolutely. And it's very similar to like, if we were to both go to an art gallery and look at the same piece of art, we could appreciate it differently, right? We would get something out of it differently. And definitely. Yeah. I love that. I love the five senses and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But, um, so when I'm looking at like your Instagram account, your Pinterest pins, I'm watching your, um, your videos from your appearances on TV and reading your book, all the places. I'm seeing beautiful images. I'm seeing what I think is very cozy. So it translates to me and my sensibilities too, but I'm seeing a lot of white. And I'm wondering, I would imagine that you've probably hit some pushback on white, but how do you, tell us about white and tell us about, um, can you create cozy when you like color? Yes, I, I also love this question because I could talk for hours about this, but I've learned over time and I, I teach people how to do this as well as finding your own style and start with creating mood boards and pins and trying different things, but um, and 
looking at your pins and seeing what you love about the image to find your own style. And um, over time, I just realized I love neutrals and I would try colorful things to inspire other people and maybe try things that were trendy, um, but I didn't necessarily love. And I realized I, I do think neutrals are very soothing yeah. and also white walls and white um, furniture and things like that are great backdrops for those pops of color. And so the items that we have that are maybe more expensive or more large are the neutrals, but then popping in a few things here and there for different seasons um, right. is very interchangeable. Um, but I also love um, maybe pointing out that when you're looking at a space that you think is all white, really looking at it and going, oh, there's a lot of wood tones and there's a lot of creams and a lot of golds and uh, metals. And so really looking and going, it's very neutral, but there are pops of other color and pops of warmth and texture. So um, I, yes, I love neutral and white spaces, which might sound weird coming from someone that lives on a farm and <laughs> Yeah, but you know, you made a really good point. And, um, and it sounds like we teach similarly because I'm trying to teach my clients their aesthetic and it's as unique to them as our fingerprint, right? Everyone's aesthetic is different, but when you can really understand what that is and you can bring it into your home. And then all of the things you just mentioned are layers and texture and depth and nuance. And it just creates that cozy space, whether it's white or not, but you're, yeah, I love that. Um, so one of the things that I run into a lot is, you know, the, the limiting beliefs that keep people stuck, of course, are money and their time and all the things, but it's kids. And a lot of people say, I don't really want to invest in expensive stuff or pretty things because I have kids and I'm looking at you right now and I'm seeing this beautiful space. And I know you have a kiddo, you have dogs, you have a husband, you have all the things. So what would you say to that person who says, I'm going to wait till my kids are grown and gone? I am a huge believer in not waiting, making it what you can right now, whether it's budget, things like that. But also with kids, it's creating a cozy haven that they feel welcome in, feel comfortable in. And there's things that you can do in the moment. But for me, having such a neutral home and many white things, I have just learned that everything needs to be washable. So we have white painted <laughs> wood floors, but I painted it with uh, deck and porch paint. And yeah. so basically I could probably power wash our house because it's it's outdoor grade on pine floors. Um, everything we own is slip covered. Everything we own is washable. Um, I just, I just go into it also knowing like that wear and that um, over time loved vintage look is also what I love. I think almost having something new and perfect when you get a new white slip covered chair, I almost can't wait for that first spill just so that it can like be lived in. And it also makes everyone more comfortable yes. knowing that oh, if I spill, Liz, is it going to freak out? You know what I mean? Right. And I just, I love that lived in look. Um, you know, I have had people inspired by our white painted floors that are like, oh, there's like a little scratch on it. And, and I do say now, if you don't love the lived in look, don't do it. You know what right. I mean? But it's making sure everything's washable and, and just realizing making things that are comfortable and functional for your family and that you can feel comfortable in aesthetically is something that 
I don't, I don't think you can put a price on having a home that your kids feel like is a safe haven. Your family loves to be in, um, guests love to be in. I don't, I think that should be a priority. Absolutely. Yeah. And a home that you yourself can stop and say, just take a deep breath. I love this space. Yes. I don't feel embarrassed when I open the door to an unannounced guest. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I coming from someone um, that struggled with that, I think growing up. And so now it's like this huge priority. I can just see all of the benefits in it. And I dream of our child and hopefully our children um, one day, just like feeling and having those memories in our home of just this cozy space that they felt like they could be in, they could invite their friends over into and just having the home feel like a big hug is my dream. Oh, I love that. And that is exactly what um, my last interviewer viewer and I were talking about was your home feeling like a hug. So I love that. what a great mission. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 and I think we all have felt that, especially since in the past few years, you yeah. know, being at home, it's like, oh, wow, this is a priority. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I love that push towards that. Right. And people really staying at home even a little bit more. I mean, I know so many people who are now just working from home. It's just where they are. So if you're not getting a respite from that, um, you know, to even go out and leave for work and come back, it's really important to create a space that lights you up in whatever whatever way. Okay. So you're going to teach our listeners some things today, and I'm so excited, but one of them is for the kids. And you're going to teach us a little bit about creating intentional cozy spaces for them. So I'm going to virtually hand you the mic. (laughs) Yes. So over the past few years, I do call myself a new mom still. Our son is three years old. So I have learned a lot and I've learned by mistakes and love to share that on the internet. Um, But one thing that I have really come to learn is making our children feel welcome in the space and creating cozy corners for them. And one of those things is before him, I would focus a lot on um, just the aesthetics of a room. And now as a new mom, I have to think about the functionality. And so I have learn to marry those two because aesthetics are very important to me and I want them to be functional and cozy for my son. So one of the things is, um, toy storage that is out in the open. So I'm not shoving his toys away and him wondering where they are. I love collecting storage pieces with lids to keep all of his toys in. Um, we have a lot of wooden trunks hamper baskets, by the way, are the best thing ever made (laughs) (laughs) baskets with a lid. So I can stuff all of the figurines and the toys in there and put it in the corner. And someone thinks it's this beautiful basket, but you open it up and it's a mess of toys. (laughs) And and having him, I love watching him walk up to the hamper basket and the trunks and opening them up and his face lighting up with toys and then messing up the whole room with them, but then easily cleaning them up at the end of the night and having furniture pieces as well. Um, we have a lot of like apothecary cabinets and yeah. each door is stuffed with toys. Right. And just, <laughs> just knowing that he has that and also creating interactive spaces. Um, I love creating um, in his room. He has this reading corner and it has all these shelves on the wall with books that he can reach and grab. And we have story time every night. So really just like making it aesthetically pleasing for me, which which before felt very selfish, 
but it's not that's self-care to me. Yeah. Yeah. But also making him feel welcome and making the home his as well. Yes. I love that. And I think we could probably even translate that to husbands, right? Exactly. Yes. Can you talk about that for a second? How, how hubbies can be involved in this beautiful homemaking space? Yes. I often, you know, we get the, um, we get a lot of comments about husbands and I think it's because, um, you know, Jose and I have always been on the same page with what we love, which is a blessing. You know, there's a lot of couples that they have differing opinions, but you can, in, this is something that I've learned over time too, is you can marry so many different styles and you can marry them so beautifully. One person loves mid-century modern and another person loves French country cottage. You can marry those two. And I don't think people think that I think they have to stick to one or the other. And so that's just the surface is marrying your styles, um, respecting, their pieces that they want to keep and maybe having conversations about that. Um, maybe something is a fair family heirloom that you don't necessarily understand, right. but finding a way um, to respect your partner's loves and interests and um, fair family heirlooms and also creating cozy corners. So we just talked about kids, but creating a cozy corner for you too. Everyone has different hobbies and different interests. People are working from home creating workstations for you and making the home function for everybody. There's that term man cave yeah. um, that comment a lot. Where's Jose's man cave. And I, you know, it's like, we've created these spaces that we both can love on. And we also have our separate spaces. You know, Jose has a workshop in the garage and just, just really maybe sitting down and having a family planning hour where you're like, how do we want to function in our home? Right. And and figuring that out and just coming up with spaces from that. Yeah, exactly. And really hearing their input, like just like you putting out little books for Copeland, that's an invitation for him to be involved in that space. Same thing with husbands, you know, having that conversation is really empowering to create spaces that equally serve everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's just, it's, for them to also be asked an input, I think they would probably be taken aback in some households and be thankful and open up a lot of cool conversations. Cause maybe you've never talked about that before and you can learn more about each other. And I don't know. I think it's very neat. Yeah. Like, why do you like that piece? Yeah. I think is ugly. (laughs) And maybe they're like, I really don't. I, you know, know, you've just had it hanging and it's been bothering you for five years. So right. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Assumptions can get the best of us in many ways. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, Okay. So you're going to also tell us a little bit more about um, how we can have or tips for entertaining outdoors in the summertime. Yes. I often think that people don't think of their outdoor spaces as their square footage of their house. Yeah, It it can totally add to the square footage of your home. So one thing that I love doing is bringing the indoors outside. So I'm sure you do the same thing when you're talking about cozying up an indoor space. My first thing is bring the outdoors in. Right, Nature is so beautiful. It brings life to your indoor spaces, but bringing the indoors out is bringing the functionality of the inside of your home. When you entertain outside furniture, pieces, decor, linens, pillows, things like that. Um, and you can 
you know, if it's not under a covered patio area, you can use Scotch Guard or you can use polyurethane to make it outdoor safe or only bring it out when you're entertaining um, and then bringing it back in so it's not under the weather or creating a little storage space outside, a little shed where you tuck it away, um, either way, but bringing the indoors outside so your outdoor spaces function and also considering seating um, for your guests who's coming over. Um, that's one thing that I realized in our first years of entertaining outside, I'd have grandparents come over and toddlers, you know, and I was like, oh, wait, I only have, I don't have little kids seating or, right. you know, the, the space isn't functioning. So considering who's going to be using the space, having cozy seating. Um, another thing is considering shade and sunlight. Yeah. My father does not like to be in the sun at all. So I know when he's coming over, I want cozy seating in the shade, but then I also have friends that just love cooking in the sun all day. So yeah, you know, considering all of those things and having that spot for everybody, whether it's under a pergola, an umbrella, a shade tree, um, things like that. And then also considering bugs. Um, yeah. I'm not a fan of bugs, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, bug spray, citronella candles, plants that repel bugs, like citronella plants, um, like those lemon balm plants, things like that, just, and food covers. I I'm just, and maybe just like clearing out bugs before people come over. I was just talking to a friend the other day. I have this one chair that bees love creating nests oh, under. Yeah. And so checking those things often um, is something that I naturally do because I don't like bugs. Um, but just considering that. And then um, also we talked about the five senses earlier. Considering your five senses when decorating or creating an outdoor space that could be your one and only guide. Just thinking of like, okay, what are the sites? Like, are we doing games? Are we doing outdoor movies? You right. know, what's the entertainment, um, food for taste and smell, yeah. and fresh flowers, or even bringing candles outside, um, or yummy food. still. Yeah. <laughs> these things touch like, okay, like maybe I'll add pillows to those metal chairs for the party, you know, making things cozy, um, sound, you know, having music playing. That right. is like my number one cozy tip. I think we often forget about music or what are we listening to? And that's something that I personally need. So it's something that I think of, but just considering your five senses, um, and then one thing I talk about in Cozy White Cottage Seasons a lot is a drink bar or creating like really cozy drinks for different seasons. We talk about apple cider bars, lemonade bars, oh, um, cocoa bars. I, I just love always having a drink on me, Yeah, <laughs> to me. but um, just thinking of that, like what's a cool drink station you can make. And I love creating a drink station where everyone can serve themselves because I get to relax when we're outside. And then your guests also feel more at home because they can serve themselves and they want it and they don't have to ask or wait for you. Right. Um, and I'm also like not the greatest host where I get distracted a lot. So if I set it up beforehand where everyone can just serve themselves, it just works out better for everybody. Um, and then the next thing also is the should be the number one tip is um, not going over budget. Um, oh, this yes. is the number one cozy tip indoor outdoor. I do think as we're scrolling through social media, sometimes we can feel like we need more things and I never want to contribute to that. I love helping with sources, right. um, but repurpose items 
and reuse what you already have. Um, I always think the prettiest spaces are using repurposed and reused items. Yeah. I often think when it's all new or when it looks like it like came off, you know, the spring collection at Target. <laughs> A store model. It's like, it's not unique. It's, you right. know what I mean? Um, and then also like thinking of thrift stores and antique stores, yeah. I was looking for just a simple outdoor table this year and everything was out of budget. Everything was very expensive. And I went to an antique store and found an entire set with chairs for $150. Wow. And so just like thinking of those things, but going over budget, you're not going to love your space. You're just going right. to be worried about money the whole time. So just using what you already have and sticking with your budget. Right. And using what is grown or what is gathered too. You talk about that in your book as well. Yeah. Like yesterday, um, we were making a centerpiece outside and I had some irises and I had some peonies and it was free. I just got to cut it and put it over there and it made it so beautiful. So yeah. Yeah. And in the fall time, if you have space where you can gather feathers or leaves or branches that are blooming in the spring, it can make it so lovely with a whole lot of intention and not a lot of cost. Yeah. Utilizing nature and what you have is one of my favorite things ever. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And you don't know this question is coming, but you spoke one of my very happy words and that is thrifting. I call it junking. I like to find treasures out of other people's junk. Do you have any quick tips for people who might think, oh, I don't, I don't like going. How do I do it efficiently and well? Yeah. So everyone's different. Some people love the dig, love the hunt. Um, I'm with you. I love going to dirty flea markets, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? And and digging through things. And I I love that. But I also, there is in people aren't leaving their houses as much. There are great sources online that you can get antiques shipped to your house, Etsy, eBay, um, first dibs. Uh, That gets kind of expensive, but, and a lot of people on Instagram, sell their antiques online as well. And we'll ship it to you. So finding those people, and then you don't have to go on the hunt. Someone found it for you, Um, but looking for also like local boutiques. And you know, this too, that sell antiques. Um, there are some that you still have to dig through and the prices are probably really, really good. And then there are some that curate them for you and have very clean antiques that are curated and redone for you. So it just depends on the person, but you can really support local if you look for local antique shops. And um, that's what I love doing. And so, you know, there's something for everyone out there. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I was just um, talking to my audience about yesterday was if you are not necessarily a thrifter um, going online, just like what you said, but finding the vendor who you really appreciate their style because they're going all the time, they are curating for you. And if you find the vendor online or in person, you're likely going to find things over and over and over again. That is a great tip. And you'll, that's the thing too. Everyone always has like their favorite vendor, their favorite style. And that's such a great tip. And those people also too are probably willing, like if you're looking for something specific, they're probably willing to go hunt for that item for you too, which is really cool to have someone go shopping for you. Absolutely. And I've done it several times for people. I'm sure you have too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really fun also for us too, though, because we love the hunt and finding that item feels like you won the lottery. Absolutely. Over and over and over again. (laughs) Tell us what your very favorite find has been over the years. Do you have a favorite? 
Yes. And I'm really glad that I talked about online because I could have said so many tips with the antiquing, but that's the first thing that came to my mind. But um, it was also uh, an eBay find and it was during lockdown. So I was stuck at home and I, of course, would like needed an antique thrifting fix. And so I was on eBay (laughs) and I found this like massive uh, card catalog cabinet. It's six long. Is it in your pictures online? Yes. Yes. Oh, I, I still don't like know how it happened, but I think like the stars aligned Um, and cool about eBay is you can make an offer. And I made a very low offer, but I think because it was during the lockdown, I think people are very unsure and they accepted my offer and they shipped, they had a friend like drive it to our house from the east side of the country to Michigan. And it was just a really neat find. It came from an old, um, uh, general uh, candy store, like a general store slash candy yeah. store. So it's just this massive 16 foot cabinet. And I enjoy nothing more than putting little treasures in it. And <laughs> what I'm putting in it to display is um, kind of, it tells the story of us, our family and our farm. Yeah. So it has a lot of like old photos of each of our families, Jose's and mine, um, people that used to live on the farm and just like treasures we find along the way. And so finding that piece, um, was awesome. Yeah. It was like the jackpot. That's fantastic. And is that what you were referring to is that's where you put Copeland's little toys? That is not. Um, and I'm glad you also brought up this. I have a problem and I love collecting (laughs) pop carry cabinets, but we have this one in the back living room, we call it. Um, the other ones in the front living room, more like a formal space in the back living room. And it has very deep drawers and that's about eight feet long and it's um it doesn't have a top to it so that's above that is our big tv it's like our tv family room and it has all of these deep drawers and so each drawer has so many toys in it so okay okay that makes more sense because i have seen the pictures of the one in front and thinking oh we can put three matchbox cars in this. yeah that one (laughs) yeah that one actually has hardly anything in a lot of photos a lot of more like important things but i don't think i will ever be able to fill all those drawers oh yeah it's never say never it's massive it's gorgeous and anyone listening should go and just find any of your pictures online and they're gonna see what (laughs) oh awesome um well tell us you mentioned your book tell us a little bit more about um about that and well before we get there let me just say I was I've been enjoying it immensely but you can make cozy out of everything. You can make cozy out of ceilings, guest rooms, beds, cabinets, um, tables, all the things. So tell us from your perspective uh, a little bit more about the book and what, what we can get from it, what value we can get from it. Yeah. So my first book, Cozy White Cottage, hit on 100 super simple tips anyone can do to make their home cozy. And so off of that, Cozy White Cottage Seasons, the newest book, is also 100 super simple tips on how to make your spaces cozy, but um, through every season. So we often think of cozy being just like fall and winter, but you can make your home cozy all year long. And that's what this book shows you through spring, summer, fall, and winter. And it really takes you through the holidays, which is really fun. But um, when we started the book, kind of a fun fact is um, it was actually right before 2020. And we had a very different view on what the book would be. And it was very like grand um, seasonal decor looks. And then when 2020 happened, it was like, what is the point of this? And I had a very hard time 
thinking of the book. And I had some very great people in my life say, Liz, now more than ever, home is important and cozy spaces are important. So we kind of went back to the basics and it's like how to make your home cozy, but also including memories in there because memories are cozy. So each season has a bucket list in it and just ways to include your family in on the spaces. So it kind of hits on everything, which I love. So I love that it went in a different direction. Um, Yeah. And I, I just, I think that's really cool, but there are still seasonal decor looks in there because that's always fun. Um, but yeah, so it's just 100 super simple tips to make your home cozy that you can apply to any home that you live in with any style. Right. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite? If maybe we can narrow it down to, because we're entering into summer, do you have a favorite summer cozy tip? Yes. I love the question that people ask of just how can summer be cozy? And so there's a couple tips in there that hit on um, cozy textures. And I often don't think that um, people think of like light and bright textures. They put all blankets away, all pillows and, um, you know, or they just keep their everyday items. But I love talking about linens and slip covers and just ways that you can change up the look of an entire room with right. changing out your pillows. And even, I know this is more spring related, but we talk a lot about seasonal cleaning and seasonal checklists to do in your home and just ways to make your home feel fresh. Um, I don't, I think we just think of spring cleaning, but I love when I transition into each season, which we're in now going into summer, doing this like deep clean on our house, top to bottom. And it can just feel fresh with doing that without changing any decor, but also thinking (laughs) of like freshening up paint and changing out air filters and getting your windows washed, whether you do it or you have a service, do it. Um, just doing that can make your home feel new again. Right. You know, I don't know if anyone else has had this like listening and I'm looking out a window now, but when you get your windows cleaned and it almost feels like you're seeing the earth in like (laughs) HD, then that can just make, make your home feel brand new. So I I love talking about that because it's something everyone can do. Right. Absolutely. And even bringing in some textures that you normally think about summer, right? Like rattan or wicker or the little, um, you know, straw baskets that, that feels very summery. Very like, and we living on a farm, it has that hunt and gather kind of look. And I love that like natural greenhouse farmhouse element right. and also glass. It's yeah. such, you know what I mean? Glass to me is so summery and mirror. And we often don't think of those as textures, but I, I, I love those for summer. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. That is so fun. Well, where can people find your book? They can find it anywhere books are sold, Walmart, Amazon, Target, um, all of those places, um, Barnes and Noble. Um, You can also, there's a lot of links to the book on my website, lizmarieblog.com. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else you would like to share with my listeners? You know, I think one thing that I always try to say to everyone is I feel like when you're looking at social media and you're following designers or you're following people's homes that you love, it might seem seem unobtainable, um, but gathering inspiration um, and f- not feeling like your spaces are less than is something super important as we live in a very social media society. So when you go on social media, please know that everyone has a messy laundry room and toys <laughs> everywhere during the day, even if it's not photographed and having a cozy home is very obtainable. One simple step at a time. 
Yeah. I am so glad you said that because I think that is a roadblock for a lot of people, the Pinterest paralysis or the Instagram comparisonitis, it, it can hold people back. And so, so glad you said that. Yeah. I, I, when we get messages saying that, um, you know, our house is always clean and things like that, it can make me feel very bad, but just know that it's probably a very busy person behind that account that only has a couple minutes to share a day. So of course they're going to share, um, their passion or their art, which is, you know, for me is our home. I it's, our home is our palette. And yeah. so I'm probably not having a lot of time to share like a dirty laundry room or right. things like that. So just know those things are there as you're scrolling. Yeah. And it will make you a lot better. There's something always behind the yeah. camera. Yep. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, Liz Marie, thank you so much for joining me today. And for everyone who's listening, go and check her out. Where can they find you online again? One more time. Yeah. My website, lizmarieblog.com on Instagram, lizmariegalvan. I'm now on TikTok, um, lizmarieblog <laughs> on there. So any, just search lizmarieblog and you will find me. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Wasn't that conversation with Liz Marie just delightful? There are so many wonderful, inspiring um, tips that she, that she has given us. But the thing that I find most inspiring is that with her having such a strong online presence, she really made it very clear that she is just a person, a person behind the account that happens to be sharing all of the things. But she, even in all of the beautiful pictures she shares, has a dirty laundry room too. She has toys that need to be picked up at the end of the day. She has meals that need to be prepared. She has it all just like you do. And having a home that you love doesn't have to be perfect. It just doesn't. But it should be inspiring. It should be cozy to you, whatever that means. And it should be enjoyable. And it should definitely be one that tells your family story and reflects you really well. So I am super inspired by Liz Marie and the conversation we had today. And I hope you were too. Go check her out. Do find her on Instagram. Find her blog. You're going to get so much great information. And of course, um, check out the book because it is so wonderful. Hey, real quick before you go. If you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.